Strip down to my skin and my bones. I love huskies, but I feel like a wolf. In a pack, but I feel all alone. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Budding Industry Podcast. We've had a few episodes separate, some with just Dave, some with Gabe, but now we're back together again, Gabe and Dave. Uh, and today we have Cullen Reichart with us, CEO and founder of Green Bros. Welcome to the show, Cullen. Thank you, guys. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, might as well just jump into it. Can you tell us what Green Bros is and how it got started? Um, so Green Bros is a harvesting solutions company. We um, do research and development and production of cannabis and hemp harvesting and processing equipment. So basically everything post-harvest is kind of our concentration point. Um, we have been in business since 2012 um, and have been kind of filling the holes that we find in the industry as we go along. Um, you know, always looking forward to the next uh, next kind of iteration and the next best way to do things. Yeah, awesome. Is that, uh, and is that sort of harvesting for consumers or more for, you know, uh, producers and things like that, growers and producers. Yeah, it's really a grower producer marketplace for us. We have been asked about doing kind of like a consumer uh, size of product, um, which I'd love to do, and it may come out about at some point. But um, it's hard to do when uh, when we're you know our concentration is on much larger equipment. And making smaller products usually means higher volume, which means a different manufacturing process altogether. Mm-hmm. And where's the where's the company based? Uh, well, we're, that's a that's a great question. We are presently in El Cajon, California, so way down in Southern California. Mm-hmm. But the company is moving to Las Vegas. I'm actually sitting in the new warehouse at. Oh wow! Congrats. Thank you. That's exciting. It is. It is exciting. <laughs> it's a little nerve wracking, but yeah. Yeah, you can you you can do it. We were actually just reading up about about your background, um, that your your time in the Navy. Uh, I think you're a mechanical engineer by trade. So, can you tell us a little bit about about that path and how uh, that led to Green Bros? Yeah, so I've always been. Uh, I'm actually not degreed, but I've always been a mechanical person. Um, mm-hmm. I think that in high school down here we had the test, and mine said, "Yeah, you should be a mechanical engineer." So I took a couple of years off trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, worked for the Navy for five years. I was actually um, a massage therapist. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then I got into IT. I spent a lot of time doing uh, IT work for the, actually for the, for the military. Um, and, and then, uh, and I, so I became what's called a systems engineer. So doing software integration for large commercial and uh, military applications. Um, but during that whole time, um, you know, my kind of dream had always been to, to have my own company because I come from a family of, of, of people, uh, my whole family has got their own businesses. Uh, and my dad kind of got the bug in me when I was a kid. We always had our own uh, company. Um, my brothers have a solar company and my other brother has his own realty uh, company. And wow. So, yeah, so it's kind of like that's the, that's the family jam. And uh, I was kind of a, one of the late ones to the party with uh, with Green Bros, but the opportunity came up. I was I was trying to supplement income um, by by growing, but I don't really do. Uh, I, I'm not a good. I don't have green thumbs. How's that? Mm, yeah, That's pretty good. Easiest way to put it. <laughs> I have mechanical thumbs. But <laughs> a friend of mine and I were working on a project. Uh, he wanted something developed 
to make his life easier. He was sifting, dry sifting um, uh, Keef to make hash, and he asked me to make a machine for him, and that was the first machine that I developed and uh, the first one that we got a patent on. And that kind of is where, where I launched the company from. Um, and then right after that, I, I was trying to sell those machines uh, and ran into the, the trimming need, which, I, which I'd known about personally, you know, but never really understood the market need and uh, developed our trimmer uh, based on what, I, what, what the concepts were in the market at the time. The trend was, was really coming back to dry trimming and all these kind of things. So I worked with a team of, of uh, bright young guys to come up with a good design and, um, and then the aesthetic design followed on shortly after that and we came up with a great product. Amazing. So sounds like you're a real renaissance man. You've had a few different uh, careers. You've gotten a lot of experience. Just a, a side note here. I mean, we, we, we've got a chance to, we saw what you looked like on Skype. We saw your picture. You've got your pretty long hair. That doesn't seem uh, quite like Navy regulation. No, no. <laughs> it was, it was funny. My hair, my hair grows really well. Uh, so <laughs> I've, I've had it short and I've had it long. Um, and I just kind of got to the point where uh, I just kind of wanted to let it get out, get grow out a little bit. So it's been long for about three years now, and uh, maybe four. Um, and uh, it's just easy. Yeah, easy for me to deal with. Fair enough. I was just wondering if that was part of your departure from the Navy. Was you guys just couldn't come? That was where you couldn't come together. That was your line in the sand. That was my line. Yeah, they they said short hair. I said no. Yeah, um, that's actually, it. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing, you know. Uh, long hair has has come and gone, but it never beards. You know, when beards came back, long hair didn't come back. Right. So everybody's got beards, which I I really can't grow a decent beard, but I got the hair. So when the hair comes back. You're primed and ready. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You're you're a forward thinker. You, that's it. You're ahead of the game, and that's the, what makes you a good entrepreneur too. I'm sure. Yeah, that's part of it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you actually alluded to um, how when you got started, you were trying to supplement your income with growing. Can you elaborate a bit on your own personal history with cannabis? Well, um, I I mean I, you know high school and, and stuff, uh, experimenting, using a little bit, and then I think. Um, for me, it was never. I've never been a really heavy uh, consumer, but I was kind of struggling in uh, in the marketplace I was in. San Diego was really expensive. My income wasn't great. It was good. I mean, it was almost six figures, but I had a big family, um, and and it was just tough, you know. So I thought I would supplement. Uh, so I got into the growing side of it um, because at the time my, my dad uh, was in it. And he was doing really well in Northern California. Oh wow! Um, he had a he had a, a large grow that he was had actually been signed off by the sheriffs and wow. was completely legit and couldn't go and had this really good thing going and he was helping me out. Um, and so that's when I got kind of into it uh, from the growing side and you know and then of course I I've, I've exper I've not experiment I've used cannabis on and off for uh, throughout you know throughout the last couple of years but it's, it's been more about it's been more this time has been more about really you know really doing what i'd love to do which is invent machines and build machines i just that's, that's my where my passion is right more than the cannabis side of it and i've watched it grow you know i've watched the the, the consumer side grow and i've seen you know and watching the medical side the cbd and all that stuff it's really been interesting to me to see that kind of the acceptance and the 
change, and then of course, you know, the application thing. Uh, one of my sons has uh, plays rugby and had just had a, a pretty significant concussion, and and he's finding CBD helps him a lot. Uh, so you know, that's exciting stuff to me. But I, you know, my firsthand experience is is pretty limited. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's cool. I mean, to get in from a, from an innovation standpoint more than a passion for the flower, uh, you know, we see people from all walks of life entering the industry. So it's it's always cool to hear people's story. Um, so you've sort of been in it for now a, a few years. You said since twenty twelve. Uh, obviously, the legal landscape has changed, especially in the United States. Different states are are, are legalizing things. You're moving from California to to Las Vegas. Um, two hotbeds of the cannabis industry. What kind of challenges have you found, uh, have you, or have you found any challenges on the legal landscape side of things uh, as you've grown your business? Well, you know, it's, um, we've been very fortunate um, to to be in such an amazing industry. A because it's growing so fast, but there's not any support um, from traditional uh, business resources for the business uh, right. for the industry. Excuse me. Um, you know, the, the, and by that I mean principally uh, financial support is weak. Um, there's a lot of people who are interested in investing from the angel perspective, you know, uh, which is, which is you know, nice to have when you're starting, but not, so, not such a big need when you're, when you're trying to build a company and trying to grow. Um, you know, we don't get good banking. Um, we, we have to worry about um, credit card processing. We have to worry about, um, you know, I can't even get equity lines or, or, or temporary credit lines for, for product purchases and stuff like that. So um, I do get good equipment rates and I do get good equipment. <laughs> I've got great equipment people who will sell me equipment. But, um, you know, banking-wise, we're kind of still stuck on the outside looking in. And, yeah. and when you look around the, the playing field, you see these national banks, you know, squeezing people who are ancillary businesses you know, and and you, you wonder why why this is still going on when we're you know we've got this wave of acceptance and CBD is now legal. Um, you know, it, it makes you kind of wonder why why it's still like this at this point. In the game. Right. But the challenges have been. Uh, I think this, to answer your question directly, the challenges are are being treated like a business by everybody that's in business. I mean, hmm. vendors are good to me. Uh, you know, equipment people are good to me, um, but processing and banking, God, those guys are just, they, they treat me like a pariah, like, huh. you know? And yeah. I mean, it, it's easier for some of the people I know who are in the industry, who are in the direct sales industry, part of the industry, to do, do banking uh, in some respects than it is for us. Um, so it's really really been kind of a struggle in some respect right yeah those are definitely some uh some old school types of industries you know banking accounting law those those kind of they don't they, they don't always evolve so quickly um no. i'm sure they'll catch up you know in a decade or so <laughs> right well you know when i started there, there was a real like oh you're not gonna you know you can't get anything patented with cannabis my first patent came back in 2000 and had cannabis all over it. <laughs> we were just jumping up and down, like, "Oh my God, look, we did it!" You know, we got through. USPTO gave us a cannabis patent. You know, uh, it was it was kind of an exciting, you know, not kind of, it was a really exciting moment um, because it felt like, wow, you know, there's there maybe there's that stigma is not um, as deep as we thought, but 
still exist in in your big three banks, big five, whatever they are. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Was that was that patent for uh, a trimmer? No, it was for my tumbler. Okay. My 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 Keith my Keith box my big okay. uh, dry uh, dry suit machine. Wow. So which is I've... now by by the way that machine is actually being picked up in some other industries outside of cannabis, which wow. is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh. So was was your growth model kind of to license out um, this invention and and white label it for for other brands to use, or did you really plan on uh, building the Green Bros brand and and then bringing that to market? That's a great question. Um, you know, initially it was uh, sell, 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 sell. You know, because if you're not selling, you're just you know you're got an expensive hobby. And the first year we sold like $60,000. And the second year, we did $360,000. And we we're like, oh man, we're really getting there. Third year, we did $3 million. Wow. Like that's, $6 million, I think. That's hockey right. stick growth, as we say here up north. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was staggering. And then it's been kind of like that ever since, um, to include last year, where we're just over $8 million. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been like that, but that kind of growth you know, you don't really have a lot of opportunity to say, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. You kind of are just moving down the road and looking at the opportunities that jump up in front of you mm. and then taking those opportunities. And really, early, early on, um, the, the trimmer is so popular. It's such, a, it's such a difference maker in the industry and it's been such a popular machine um, that, you know, we really got caught in this place where it was like, do we, do we, if, a trimmer company hmm. you know which a, mo- a lot of our competition that's what they do and uh, we made it you know green bros when i say we me i made a decision to go you know what no um i don't want to be just a trimmer company because if everybody goes to doing extracts then i'm out of business um you know so we've kind of kind of changed the whole focus of the company to be on solutions you know and so it is a brand exercise um, it's a lot about the brand hmm. uh, and, and getting the brand to be, you know, recognized as as a solutions company and not just a trimming company. And it's paid a lot of dividends um, in the marketplace because companies, um, you know, distributors and, and large players in the industry uh, look to us for leadership, not just, you know, not just, uh, you know, equipment in this arena, but they, they you know, we consult and and advise and, and help companies make decisions mm-hmm. on on much uh, uh, bigger picture kind of projects than just you know a couple pieces of equipment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, speaking of keeping the brand strong and, and growing that, uh, what I was pretty impressed by or honestly surprised by was your social media following. You know, it's not as we discussed at the beginning. It's not such a consumer product, which is actually it's kind of why that was my first question was because I noticed you guys have something like thirty three thousand followers on Facebook and 24,000 Instagram followers. That's that's pretty substantial. And I'm curious about how you managed to do that with a brand that's not so consumer facing. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a great question. I've all I've always looked at all of the uh, I've always looked at this whole thing as you know, I, I'll go back. Let me simplify the answer there for, you. for sure. Um, there's this commercial by Sprite and, it, and it, they said uh, image is nothing. Thirst is everything. Obey your thirst. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Right, right, right. That, that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know, it's image, 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 image. We're an image country. Our culture. You know, I mean, North America. 
basically the United States, North America, Europe. You know, we're just image brand driven. Oh yeah. People. Everybody, Domaker, you know, what their brand all over them. They got a Nike swoosh on their, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And you're looking at people and you're going, wow, that that's really what people do. They associate things um, with with these little images. Um, you know, and that goes all the way up and down the scale. You can look at a, a, a brand and go, that's, you know, that's crap. Or you can look at it and go, man, that, you know, that's badass because that's that's so and so. So, um, you know, that was really a big and really big and important part of of making the company. In my mind, was to make sure that we were associating the image and the brand of the company uh, with quality. And so we started really, really early with um, spending what as much as we could spend in media hmm. and um, kind of creating that mature uh, look and feel hmm. um, because to me, um, and that's why we re- actually rebranded this a year ago and changed our logo um, to kind of just add you know, a, a, a deeper kind of stronger feel I think for the company something that looks like it's more uh, you know more mature and more established um, you know because if without quality product I mean forget it there's no point in doing this right but, yeah. Um, yeah so to me that was always been a focus and, and I was able to bring in uh, some really really talented people come out of one uh, my, my director for, for marketing comes out of Hollywood and oh wow and, uh, and my other my uh, my other guy in the, in the department comes uh, comes out of, uh, of writing and, and uh, media background as well. So um, to put that together and then just put that whole focus on quality presentation. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is too, our customers just love our stuff and they just mm. love it. And for us to go back at the customer base and, and, and use that, we do a lot of reposting uh, a lot of sharing of content that comes from other people, and that's really what kind of drives it. People are really fans of the stuff that we make. And that's so, amazing. Yeah, so that's really kind of what it came down to is you know kind of creating those two things. So it's it's funny. I look at it and I go, wow, we're just we don't have all that much, but when you look at what we we sell the businesses, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, you know? your customers are your best uh, are your best ambassadors for sure. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's been good. It's been interesting kind of dichotomy if you will of, of parts of the business but I've always thought that imaging and branding was was essential for sure I'm, I'm a marketer as well so I, I, I feel you on that one uh, can you can you speak a little bit to how you built up your team um, did you kind of network through the industry did you know these people uh, uh, beforehand in a previous life and uh, we also heard that you have a unique approach to, to managing your team so can you speak to to that as well. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's. Uh, I think you know the, the interesting thing to me is um, you have to look at people with a little bit. For me, I look at people and I and I and I look and I and I kind of study them for their talents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get somebody who has a talent, I I try and nurture that talent uh, by providing opportunity or training or education around that talent, but I find that people are most productive and uh, work the hardest when they're kind of working inside their wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah. You know, and you're not, you're not, I stretch everybody because we're just small and we don't, you know, and everybody has to do something that they don't 
like mm-hmm. for you, that's how it is. But how big is your team? We're we're right at forty right now. Oh wow! But some of that's re- a lot of that's remote. So, um, but and, you know, it, when you look at when you look at people and and you try to evaluate somebody's uh, value to to what you're doing, it's much better if they're if they're fitting into one of my guys, my engineer. He plays guitar, brilliant. You know, uh, so we featured him on one of our 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 our, uh, our shows. Uh, we do these employee spotlights, and we have him play guitar on there, um, which isn't like a real benefit for the for the company, but it's still an opportunity to give to honor one of the guys' just extreme talents. I mean, it's amazing to watch him play. Um, and then, so for for me, like with 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 Marco, who is uh, the the media our media director, um, you know, to get him the opportunity to actually dig in and be creative and not just you know uh, scheduling and managing. Uh, production, he can actually be creative again. Uh, he really has the opportunity to blossom, and we're seeing some really amazing stuff come out of the department um, because he's able to kind of stretch that creativity um, and kind of blossom into some of the things that he really likes to do. So, um, and I do that across the board. When I find people, uh, my my production manager right now is a young lady who who I got uh, strangely enough. Uh, at a car wash, I <laughs> I, was, I was talking to her at a car wash, and she's like, "I worked two, three jobs." I'm like, "Okay, do you have you know do you have kids?" Because usually when a young woman says that, it's usually because they they have to. She's right. like, "No, I just want a better life." Wow. I'm like, "Oh, this person wants you know this is a hardworking person." Um, you know, so anyway, I ended up hiring her, and she she had struggled through production, um, and because her skill set is managerial and and um, organizational, not turning a wrench and creating, hmm. you know, building machines. And so over the last year and a half, we've, I moved her into management, and she's really blossomed into a really strong uh, manager and a, and a leader because all I did was just look at, you know, just evaluate her talents and see where they'll fit. Now, she might disagree with me on, on, on uh, her being good at that job, <laughs> but that's because she's she's challenging herself always and wanting to stand up and live up to you know to an expectation. Yeah, for sure, and that's that's where the keen eye of a leader comes. I mean, that that's really awesome in any organization, not just the cannabis industry. Obviously, um, you know, using your entrepreneurial sense, your the the foresight we discussed earlier. Can you talk a little bit about how you see the overall industry or even your sector of the the industry evolving, you know, as as things grow from here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going the way of every other industry, right? Um, Automation, um, larger scale, um, you know, that's that's the general direction that things are are heading in quickly. Uh, It's also going into a global uh, uh, market. So right now it's still very, very regional, as you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you guys have little bit different um, playing field than we do down here but you know the borders around the states are really clear down in the United States um, so you know in each little state each state some states are county by county um, you know where the rules are just vaguely different or considerably different depending uh, from one place to the next um, so it's one of those things where as you start to see uh, you start to see even in the the, the, the kind of crazy cut up little market that we have you're seeing massive movement towards consolidation a land grab if you will of, of, uh, of producers um, and so 
that just nece- that necessitates you know the increase in in uh, in equipment um, uh, ability uh, equipment's ability to produce right so production mm-hmm. automation tracking monitoring managing you know all these things that uh, are coming out of other industries uh, for instance metal industry I, we just bought a laser that will now run all night long without me doing anything to it mm-hmm. so you know that's the kind of thing that we're going to be building for cannabis right that's the goal is that you can go lights out and machines will continue to run and do their job because the volumes are going to be so high and the um, the costs are so high when you when you associate the the massive amounts of labor to do some of the work that's involved in this industry that it's just too high for them to sustain the the margins that these companies need, um, <clears throat> you know, the product is getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to produce. I, w- I have a farm down in, in Southern California. It's on a hundred acres. Um, it's outdoor, um, and a hundred acres outdoor is growing at you know pennies per gram. Hmm. You know, that's that's amazing on the cost, right? Right. But they're they're producing. The same way that they produce other consumable goods or other, uh, I'm sorry, other uh, 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 edible goods like lettuce or, or you know, any other major farm crop, they're just applying the same principles to cannabis. Um, and because of genetics and because of, uh, of, of organic growing methodologies and, and some of the uh, radical way that we're handling fertilizers and stuff like that, these guys are getting yields that are, you know, that are insane. But not just that the yields are high, but the product quality is, is astounding mm. for outdoor product. Uh, the THC counts are really high. The the, the, the structures are really hot, uh, really top quality. So when you when I look at it like that, I go, oh my god! If you're growing it at that price, um, you know it, that means you need you know you need support because you're going to be producing a lot of it. Right. And then your competitive companies who are growing indoors and their their costs are a lot higher. Um, they've got to separate themselves somehow, and they need to do that the same way. You know, and it's all through um, it's all through some form of automation that's going to um, help them to produce higher, better quality at lower cost. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's exciting to be part of a growth industry, and at a time when I think the bleed over from other industries, automation in general, is just helping everybody. It's definitely an exciting time to be around. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I just, you know, we love learning about it. That's why we do this podcast, and everybody has a little bit of a different insight. And uh, yeah, it's always cool to see, especially on an industry like this that's on such a rise. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's amazing. I mean, it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing ride. It's you can see it when you go to Vegas to the to the show, you know, to the big show, right? Or one of the other big shows, but the Vegas is probably the biggest one where you where you can just see the number, the massive amount of companies that are going. Hey, man, there's something in here. There's something in here. Of course, mm-hmm. most of the equipment that that people are bringing over just doesn't translate, yeah, to cannabis. Mm-hmm. Right. They're figuring that out because they sell a couple machines and then they get a bad reputation. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's not, it's not that easy. <laughs> no, it's not that easy. You can't just take a machine that was built for some other purpose and say, well, it does that over here. You know, cannabis is interesting to me because it doesn't have a skin or a peel or a rind, uh, so it has no protection, and yet you still need to pull the leaves off, and you have to tr- trim it and treat it a certain way, um, but you have to do that gently. 
You know, it's not, you know, running it through a, a combine and popping it up into the back of a truck and then dumping it out into a, a, a big vat of water and washing it all down. It just doesn't, you know, none of that shit works. In the, <laughs> for industry. sure. So, um, you know, and, and you know, what, the other part that's interesting is the regulation around around it because the medicinal aspect is really, really right. given a lot of opportunity for companies like ours to uh, come in strong into a market that's not as big as you as you think. A cannabis as a as a as a, from a consumer side is a large market, but from an equipment side, it's just not as big as, as you might mm. think. You know, right? Because it's just not. Uh, John Deere's not worried about it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. They're not going, man. We we can sell another hundred, you know, million dollar machines next year. That's just not where the market is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, in due time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. If you look at what they're doing, and this was what I caught my eye this year was was uh, looking really looking at what hemp is doing because we started seeing hemp prices out outstretch uh, or outpace marijuana uh, cannabis excuse me cannabis prices. Right. And so when you see hemp prices then you know that um, that's where people are really looking because I mean when you've got companies like uh, I won't name them because I, don't, I, I want to make sure I'm not naming the wrong one but facial skin care product companies that are multinational uh, multi-billion dollar companies saying we want to put CBD in everything oh yeah where are you going to get it where's it coming from you know and then you have com- countries like some South American countries who are saying yeah I think our principal export is going to be hemp yeah. And they're building infrastructure to grow hemp on a scale that will require combines, you know, mm. but they're going to be reducing it down to a CBD extra, you know what I mean? So, um, so it's interesting. It's interesting to me anyway to see just the, the jump in, uh, in demand on hemp when, you know, and we've all been kind of paying attention to cannabis and then turn around, lo and behold, man, hemp's coming on strong. Oh yeah, yeah, it's an exciting sure. time. Colin, no. thanks so much uh, for your time. Tell the people where they can uh, find you online, where they can learn more about uh, Green Bros online. Yeah, sure. It's uh, uh, Green Bros, G R E E N B R O C dot com, um, and there's links to all our social right there, and a bunch of videos that talk about our company and, and uh, talk about what we do, and uh, all of our equipment's right there. So you can definitely find us right there. Amazing. Thank you again so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Well, we could, I could talk all day about this stuff. <laughs> well, uh, we, may have to do, we may have to do a sequel. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Thanks. Thank you, guys.